Good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, Back Chats. I have Marco and Sky with me. We just wrapped up the first episode for our, um, I guess, mini series called The Embrace. Are you chewing? <laughs> Is that what you're we, we just got McDonald's. <laughs> it's currently 11.53 on a Wednesday night, on a school night. It's great. Um, that was a fun little, that was a fun oh, little experiment. Mm. That was fun. That we ran, that we ran. So, yeah, I guess what we'll do is, sort of like what we did when we did the first back chat. So let's go through and see. Marco, probably not so much because you went through like four iterations of the character before we hit record. <laughs> they were all, they were all the same, like... We'll talk about this later. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Put a you want to ask Sky a question? Put a pin in. Put a pin in. We'll come back to it. You can think about your answer. Where did you get... Sky, where did you get your character? Like, Xena. So, how did that come about? Or rather, how did you settle on being um, a clizzard? Well... The clizzard wizard. <laughs> well, I originally was only going to make... I, I just knew that I wanted to make someone who was book smart because I wanted to go for someone who was really stereotypically pretentious oh. and came from a noble background. Finished. And... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's finishing those chippies. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and someone that had a bit more, I guess, bite in their personality because I knew that it was going to be a roleplay heavy one so I wanted to have someone that had a bit more of an outlandish personality but... Uh, in the kind of snobby area. Um, yeah, I get what you mean. Because we get that... Well, I've noticed that a lot with the... Um, with the interactions as we go through... The, as we go through the episode. There's... Because, um, like, I, I don't think it's outrightly spoken, but it's alluded to very often that you guys spend a lot of time together. And you go from being, like, the voice of reason to, like just being sn a snarky yeah. bitch yeah. <laughs> and like just ripping on Peter's intelligence yeah. wow if you couldn't tell <laughs> I I honestly I when I was coming up with the character I heavily I... had <laughs> I heavily had Marco in mind trying to think about the kind of character he would make and so I tried to make someone that I thought would be the complete opposite of what he would make. Well, you went, you displayed your character first. So how do you think you went? I think I did fantastically. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I was kind of, I was kind of worried for a bit that maybe I had made someone who wasn't going to meld well. Because you, you went through a few, like Cody said, a few iterations of what you were going to play. And I was all like, oh, what if I made someone who hasn't, isn't going to meld well? And then you came out with Peter, and I was all like, oh, well, that goes with perfection. Like, what I was going to say, because... You're doing it, Peter. <laughs> You're doing it. Um, Cody put it in our group chat, you know, like, you know, this is the backstory, come up with some people. Sky puts her character in, in about 45 seconds of the chat <laughs> being up. And then it's like, Marco, what do you have? What do you have? I'm like, I don't know! Um, but reading Sky... Excuse me. It was a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, whatever, fuck. Don't sell me short, bitch. Uh, I don't understand the passage of time, okay? Yeah, um, if only you could perceive... So you were talking to a metal drummer? If only you could perceive time, as I do. <laughs> Sorry, I don't see time as one, two, three, four, one, two, three. There's a bunch of fucking zeros and ones, baby. Um, anyway, um, I read what she had had put in for like what she wants her character to be more like and I was like I want to be the exact opposite and I messaged her about this privately 
away from Cody's you motherfuckers eyes. just Ow. the two of us just the two of us building castles in the sky just the <laughs> two, two of us, us. <laughs> copyright <laughs> um, DMCA um so I was like rather than being her she's like you know very think things through check check double check I was like I want to be was a, dot the I's cross the T's yeah that's yeah. right um I wanted to be like the opposite I wanted to be like just say what's on the top of my mind, go in head first, kind of just like by the seat of my pants. Um, that's who I wanted my character to be. So, but yeah. very charismatic too. Uh, yeah. Which I, which I love. Because I like... modeled the character after myself. <laughs> um, I was like, charisma, baby. That's all I need. Um, charisma and strength. Because <laughs> I'm like, if I can't fight my way out of it, I've got to talk my way out of it. Um, which came in handy, you know, when we're doing shenanigans which I was very glad shenanigans <laughs> I think the thing that impresses me the most is every time you got yourself caught in a situation where you had to talk you were somehow able to like get your way out of it convincingly enough that I was like I'm not gonna make him roll for this because this makes sense it's magic baby it's magic baby <laughs> it's in the name <laughs> hey, look you got to do something about the rule of cool, because everything that comes out of my mouth is cool, baby. <laughs> I'm cool as ice. <laughs> Crickets chirp in the distance. <laughs> if only I could put in a sound effect of a tumbleweed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that um, mine and Sky's character... Um, like, it, I don't know. Like you said, it was like... They just came together really well. Yeah, good synergy. Mm. The, the, the dynamics there because I've got the two sociopaths I think that's that's partially and I was saying this before we recorded this I think it's partially because we made these good characters but I want to give more credit where it's due to 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 mine and Sky's ability to kind of just like we laid out these bare bones people I don't know about you. <laughs> we out these it's bare bones, bones for me. He's um, these, very characters, these characters, and then we just went in. You know, like yeah. we did not discuss any of Anything. this before. It was three minutes before recording. It was like, all right, give me a, give me some fun facts. Give me something quick that I know yeah. about you, vice versa. And then we just went off the hook. Literally, all those little like niche things that we mm-hmm. knew about each other, I'm making quotation marks with my fingers, um, was literally just off the bat every single time. Like, it, the things we priorly discussed barely even came barely. up. Barely. <laughs> the dragon pox incident. <laughs> the dragon pox. We looked at each other when you were like, didn't someone die? And we were like... <laughs> I, was, I, yes. f- I felt my asshole clench up. So there was this weird... There was a talk of dragon pox before we started recording the episode, <laughs> and it. I was like, "No, it's not happening. It's not a thing." Marco's like, "Are you sure?" Looked it up, and then he said the magic M word, "Muggle," and I'm like, "Oh, you cheating bitch!" So I was like, "We're not doing JK Rowling stuff." So there's no dragon pox. There's no dragon pox in my world. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Watch me, watch me just drop it and change your voice for mine every time I watch it. It's just like a da, 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 da. sewer plague. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Sewer plague. <laughs> no, but that was really good. I still think I still think one of the standout moments, as far as we're talking about synergy, one of my standout moments for me is the um the occupied scene in the toilet. 
<laughs> they go to the outhouse and you guys go to the outhouse and you both crammed in there so someone knocks on the door like occupied <laughs> still the funniest thing for me oh. that that actually that's going to be a good question how do you think because we sort of we discussed it in the episode a little bit and like obviously if we go down that path we go down that path later that's fine um you guys have been like together adventuring and doing all this stuff with the embrace for a little bit now no really amount of time has been noted a while um how do you how do you think each other's characters feel towards each other right now coming from being like you know both young adventurers being recruited by the embrace and they're like you know what you two are going to go together this is going to be the pairing that you guys have up until you graduate and you finalize and you go off to do your own thing so like how do Peter and Zena feel about each other? How do they see each other? Like, how do you guys see... Now that you're sort of caught up in the wind of this, like... This incident, you know, with, like, um, King Alfred and the advisor and, you know, getting... Jumping off the carriage in the forest and seeing the dead bodies. Like, it's all some coming full circle a little bit. How do you guys see each other's relationship going? Honestly. I think at first it was kind of like, um... Xena was like a like a means to an end like it was like <clears throat> like yeah she's gonna be my partner she knows what she's doing just put up with it we'll go in we'll get some jobs done boom 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 retirement you get the pension bada bing bada bing bada bing bada bing <laughs> bing bong bing bong um, um so I think at, it started off like that it was like look we know what we're doing I know what I'm doing um just put up with it You'll be back at the embrace later on. You know, you can just chill. You can do your own things. Um, but I think as as Peter got put into more, like, testing situations, he realised how much his seat of his pants thinking, let's just, let's do this. This is the plan. Let's go into the plan. That's the plan. Actually leaves him in more of a problem when it's just, like, the two of them. And it's not like they're in like a supervised place or like you know there's like the first time doing it alone there's no like advisor there for us and I think it's like he's like he, he's so used to going in head first and not thinking that he's starting to realise he really appreciates her being able to think her way out of the situations he forces them into yeah that's what you mean I, I think it's it's similar for Xena but in a in sort of like the opposite kind of way which suits I guess with their dynamicy with like what a word um <laughs> you know what it probably couldn't even be real I'd still believe it <laughs> damn huh that sounds kind of cool <laughs> like uh, the rise incident all over again <laughs> we were so tired we were so tired um but you're, just, you're, you're cooking with your heart definitely when they first started out Xena would have definitely seen it as a babysitting job she would have been paired with Peter and she would have gone oh my god, are you serious? Like, this guy's got nothing to contribute for what I'm trying to do. And she would have definitely been, like, on her high and mighty chair. <laughs> and then, as, like, time has gone by, I assume leading up to the episode we played and then seeing it sort of, like, uh, come to fruition in the episode, she's got such a linear train of thought mm. that sometimes she just will sit down for days trying to solve this problem and then Peter comes along and at first she'll be all like, no, that's a dumb idea. But because he just thinks so outside the box and in such like a 
a different way to how she normally thinks. It's like a that just might work and I hate that it might just work. <laughs> and so whilst <laughs> whilst I think Peter might come to rely a bit on Xena's um I guess <laughs> more logical thinking. Mm-hmm. The face, like, oh, really? <laughs> I think Xena's going to really come to rely on the fact that Peter's a lot more creative and sometimes you do need to go into stuff head first and not overthink it, otherwise you'll get nothing done. Okay. Because she's a bit of an overthinker and sometimes when Peter does just push them into situations, it forces her to readjust I was going to say, I was like, yeah. it forces you to think faster, faster. but in a very, like if I have 30 seconds myself, I'm going to think fast kind of way. Yeah. Like that interaction with you guys at the bar, you said next to nothing, I think, mm-hmm. in that whole situation because Peter was leading the entire thing from start to finish. It Yeah, and it was because, like, she'd been so far removed from her, like... <laughs> <laughs> Spinning microphones. Um, from her normal linear thinking that it, it was literally a moment where she was like, I'm actually useless at this point in time Peter's kind of got this in the bag for the time being like if it was just me this is definitely not how it would have gone but we're actually getting some traction here it was actually a pretty decent idea the execution was a bit bit shoddy but we're making some footing and we're making some progress albeit uh, in a different way questionable progress that actually that's triggered a very good thought in my brain the leading up to the lunch with King Alf uh, King Alf and Alfred Alfred I'm losing my track King Alfred Crin the second and his advisor Elec how, what were you guys thinking during that whole interaction? Because it was a very weird... Like, it was just so fun. Like, for me, even though, like, I'm taking you guys through the motions of, like, this story that we sort of coalesced from our collective thinking, what was going through, like, your characters' heads? You know, like, Peter being, like, such a strong, charismatic character, like, physically strong, and, like, can, like you said, bullshit's way out of anything, and sitting in the middle, you're like, oh... This guy's a bit of a douche, but this, like, real skinny dude in front of me is, like, kind of creepy in a weird way. Like, in, you know, Xena being the intel, like, more really intellectually apt to these sort of things. What was going through your heads with that? Because that's what I really want to, I really want to go into that. I guess I kind of, I don't know, in a, <laughs> um, but it's kind of like a, uh, I don't want to use the word, like, get out of jail free card, but I put myself into Peter's mind and I was like, just, I'm like, firstly, before the lunch, don't think about the lunch. What's Peter going to do? He's going to want to just, hey, we'll go in. It is what it is. Whatever the outcome is, you'll deal with it as it comes. You know, no matter what happens when we talk about the, the trade plans, the taxes, just, hey, deal with it. And I don't know, speaking personally, I love that. I love that, like, um, making me think quickly, like, on the spot. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's just where I, I honestly do my best work. Um, 
which can be my downfall. <laughs> um, but it I, can be your undoing. It can, but I love I love going into something blind like Peter and just being able to just talk my way out of it or just like, you know, just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely Xena through and through. I overthink everything. And that's why a lot of the time you'll just see me sitting there like... Because mm-hmm, I'm trying to like... I think I watched you turn bright red at least three times <laughs> in that two-hour recording. <laughs> like bright red. Yeah. That was the wildest thing. I it's, can't help it. <laughs> it's fun though. It means I'm doing my job properly. If, someone, if someone's turning like a, a cherry tomato... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing my job properly. But what, as your characters, going in on your first political sort of out outreach thing on your own and meeting this young, brash, like, douchey mm. king. Like, you know, we made a lot of points to bring up, like, just the way he sits, the way he eats, the way he speaks... How did that come across to you guys, like your characters? Like to sit across and be like, you know, there's like the guys basically your age because you guys are only just in your 20s as well, so. All Xena would have been thinking of is how much better she could be doing his job right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not egotistical at all. Not vain at all. Um, I think Peter was probably thinking... As much as he was just thinking about, like, I don't know, the situation he was in and just having a good time, chillaxing, maxing. I think he was also kind of thinking or coming to realise how much of, like, a loose cannon this king was. Mm. Like, I feel like Peter would have thought because he's so young and so new and fresh that he has something to prove. And that's, like, what Mm. he's doing with the bandits and... Why wouldn't he do that with two emissaries from the embrace? So why, why why wouldn't he make an example that of them? You know. So I think it was. I don't know. I definitely think it was like something that was going through Pete's head. I like that. Yeah. Walk me through how you felt when you discovered that, um, Alec, the um, Alec the advisor, was doing some finicky shit. Like, Xena's thought process? or Either. Whatever. Oh, she was pissed. Her her mind is her palace, and it's very personal. It's like... It's... She's got a lot of stuff going on up there, and it's like... It's almost like someone stepping into a library and putting the fucking books back where they don't belong is how she views someone coming in and wow, reading Wow, what a nerd thoughts. way to say that. <laughs> Those were alphabetized. <laughs> Um, and not only that, but I guess depending on how much information he was able to glean from, if, if he was indeed reading, reading their minds, she outwardly says and acts a certain way, but inward, like internally, she thinks very different things to how she outwardly presents herself. Because right. she might be very, like, snobby and pretentious and sort of have, like, that inferiority complex outwardly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that stems, pardon me, do you think 
without giving too much away, do you think that stems from her childhood interactions? Probably, yeah. I'd yep. say so, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's Lots gonna... of masking. Lots of masking, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, that's something that you and I can relate to a lot, so... Mm. Um, definitely, definitely. Um, cool, that's sick. Now, I guess... When you guys spoke with uh, the worker, Reggie, and... Well, actually, we'll do that whole section. So that whole interaction going into the East End which is like the, the workers part of town, like the real rough and tumble bit of town. How did you, how do you find that interaction going from pretty and you know, like it's the, it's the poster of what they want people to see to like the real rough and tumble of it. And that first interaction with that worker who was shooting Xena, like, you know, giving her up and downs and then catching a glimpse of those four people. And then eventually interacting with them. how did you guys, what were you thinking then? How are you taking that? Like, being like, oh, this place isn't as nice and neat as it seems. I mean, I think that was definitely Xena's thoughts, because I feel like a character like hers would never have put herself into that situation. (laughs) And that's why I was like, time for me to take charge. (laughs) Um, So, like, I feel like like, the way I kind of justified it in my head was that, like, coming up, and becoming a paladin, um, Peter spent a lot of his time as like a, um, what are they called? Like, like a squire. Yeah, a squire. And a page. An um, apprentice. An apprentice to, to these like knights and paladins. So I feel like a lot of his time he was running back and forth doing chores for them, like getting their swords and stuff from like um, blacksmiths in town. So I feel like I w- would have spent a lot of my time um, doing like in that sort of like side of town around those like heavy hard-working um, people, you know, as I did my chores. The heavies. And stuff. Yeah, trying to, like, prove myself. Um, so that's why I was like, these are my people, the salt of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I started from nothing. Now I'm slightly above nothing. Um, but no, I'm like... I'm like most me. kinds of dirt. I'm like, yeah, let me uh, let me take charge here. Because um, I feel like this is more of a, a social interaction rather than a book smarts interaction. Mm. Mm. So that's why I felt like Pete had to take charge there. Ooh, okay. Definitely, Xena definitely fell out of her element bit because she's never she's never had to go to like, you know, the the more working class areas um, and then right, the lower class yeah. areas. Like she's never been had the opportunity to have been exposed to, it, especially with her backstory and you know, sort of the yeah. There was a passing comment made about um, dad's money at some point. Which implies uh, a bit of a higher, a higher mm. lifestyle, which I like to think we'll cover. But yeah, do you think? Do you think it's like a it's a culture shock thing? Oh, a hundred percent. She's she'd be like looking around, going like, "If you're poor, why don't you just get a job why and just make buy a house? <laughs> if you have enough time to watch Twitch, you have ten dollars. <laughs> if anyone is old enough to remember that at all." wild ride that was I have no idea what you were talking about <laughs> no me neither <laughs> Twitch streamer oh basically. Cody's old <laughs> we get it now <laughs> I'm a fossil how come Cody never shows his face cause he's old cause he's old ah! he's old and he's scared of the internet <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you don't quote the old magic to me I was there when they were written um, it, what was this reference from um, Twitch streamer, I, I can't recall who it was, so I don't want to say the name in case it's wrong, but she basically made a video where she goes, if you have enough time to watch Twitch, you have $5. <laughs> like, it was a... 
It wasn't good. Thank like, it, it wasn't good. Thank you. <laughs> Magic Man. <laughs> yeah. I like your funny words, Magic, Magic Man. Man. Oh, um, God, that's good. Maybe right. not that, like, pretentious, like Regina George pretentious, but... The, it's, Regina George. It's, it, it's definitely like a... It's more like a... Why are you living... In squalor. Squalor. Instead of asking, how did you come to be here? Like, what part of the system has failed you for you to be here? Yeah, like, it's you, kind of like a thought you're very process. rocked. Yeah. And by, especially, I guess, being your first time, or I guess your first time out of state, out of state on work, and seeing, like, the big difference between the two. And, you know, we make a good point to say how there's, like, there's definitely this differential line between the East End and the West End, yeah. where things... Uh, they don't meet in the middle like they're so far gone between like there's derelict cottages in between where the line starts <laughs> which I guess yeah it would be a bit of a culture shock more for you than it would be for Peter mm. definitely oh that's good that's good now let's talk about um, how frightened were you when you got back to the carriage and you thought you'd give an old mate the slip Alec oh <laughs> We thought we were gonna get out of that one easy. I mean, I feel like either way he would have like just read our thoughts. <laughs> either way, all paths were leading to thoughts being read. Just like him on the other side of the carriage, and all I can hear mentally is, "These frilly undies aren't mine." <laughs> all, all he can hear, like he he doesn't know what's happening, but all he can like hear in your head is like, "I need to ask this chamberman to to disrobe and give his clothes to Peter." <laughs> I need to make this maid naked and give his clothes to Peter. And this guy's like, what is happening? Und. Und what is happening? What is happening? I'm going to the corner of this carriage. I'm going to open the carriage. What are they doing? What are they doing? I love it so much. He was was actually meant to be, he was actually meant to be um, Alan Rickman, like that's my impersonation was meant to do. Ended up changing it to a German because I forgot where I wrote on the note. You're like, oh, uh, evil character, German. (laughs) Yeah, Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber, except German. Mm. And then uh, Alan Rickman ended up being a servant. Mm, Trying to have the food taken to your room, so. Mm. (laughs) Worth it, worth every second. Um... And I guess the last thing I want to ask is, it really, you guys really fumbled your way up to like getting a perception check to see in the tree. That was insane. But when you finally, Marco is laughing because I know what he's, why he's laughing. Because there was that split second where um, I said, oh, um, Zeta, something falls on your face. And you was like, <laughs> what did you see? Something? You knew what it was straight away. I knew what it was because I remember I like vividly remember being like hanging the bandits from the trees and I'm like it's the fucking bandits blood. Um, blood. I was literally as clueless as Xena like the dots did not connect in my brain. I was like rain. I'm like I need her to tell me what's going on so I can perceive it. <laughs> what I was gonna do if we couldn't see it I had thought in my mind already if we weren't able to see like that high up in the tree I was gonna get like cause we have like um the like adventurer's equipment with us mm. you know I was gonna like un- cause we had to have a torch in our adventurer stuff I was gonna yes. wrap the torch like stuff like the whatever the the whatever fabric they use on the top of like torches or whatever. oh it's usually just rag with like some sort of oil or yeah. sap yeah I was gonna wrap my throwing hammer in that and light it on fire and then throw it in the tree <laughs> 
Just so we could see what it was. Oh, bacon bandits. Oh. That would have been, I, I can't. Like hitting that amalgamation of three dead bodies with a flaming hammer. I couldn't, I could, I can't begin to explain to you how badly it would have been if that tree lit on fire. Oh. Like, how about the smell? The look? <laughs> like, mental. Where would the story go from there? Uh, 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 tune in next week for Dragon Ball Z. Speaking of which, where was the story supposed to go and did it go the way you thought it was going to go? Um, without giving too much away, I was sort of able to tie it back towards the end, mm. but it's still nowhere near what was meant to happen. The middle bit? The middle um, bit, though? The dock. The, the dock to the brothel is where I kind of... It kind of went off the rails a little bit, <laughs> and I was like, I can make this work. I can make this work. But you know what? It's, it's okay. That's, you, get, you get good at it. I get good at making shit up with you lot, and so... <gasps> I was like, just like, and I didn't even cut to a break. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, we'll just do this. But no, you know what? It's, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually happier with how it turned out this way than going through your original story. Like, I try to plan out as much as I can mm. to give you guys something fun. But you two took what I'd given you and just ran with it extremely well. And like, like I said, I didn't want to feel like I was trying to... um what's the term like roadblock you guys too yeah. much and steamroll you into a particular thing but like when i was giving you a heads up about the time keeping track of the carriage because i'd like i personally feel like that's something that oh, zeta would do yeah. so you need to know where like as you kept doing things you're losing more time and you're losing more time and that like as i said it's like oh it's like no you don't have to head back you can fucking buckle down and go down this path that you're on or you can go back and try to salvage it and do whatever you want and you ended up picking the carriage anyway, but you ended up, you made it an hour out of the city and you fucking bailed. So it was like, it went the complete different direction anyway. And I love it though, because it's like, like I've already got my head, I'm like, oh cool, I get to go. Like I'm going to I'm gonna go lay in bed for like another two hours staring at the ceiling, writing this all down on my phone because I've already got an idea of how I want the next episode to go. So it's very, and it's very cool. And it's great too, because if I do something like this, it's going to help me with the creative juices for the main campaign. And then all the extra stuff we want to do. So it's like, it's good. Like, I'm happy with it overall. But mm. yeah, like out of 100%, you probably derailed about 40. <laughs> That's a big percentage. Those are rookie numbers. We need to be pumping those numbers. We need to be derailing them way more. We need to first encounter, lunch party, we're getting a fight with the king. Oh, that would have been a good one. We punch the advisor in the head. Oh, just grab him, lock his arms up and just headbutt him, break his teeth. Oh, shit. Are you reading my friend's mind, are ya? And then I just break his teeth. <laughs> just throw a goblet of wine at him or something to break his focus. Just, oh, what's up? What's that? Oh, Sherlock Holmes, the handkerchief for that mm-hmm. quick distraction, and then just fucking the Discombobulate. 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 Swift again. jab. Break the jaw. Swift jab. Oh, Physical healing, six months. Mental time to repair, a year. <laughs> God, I love it. Robert Downey Jr.'s um, Sherlock Holmes was the best. I don't care so anyone good. says. So <laughs> Lie down with me, Watson. I told you to make your short count. How many more opportunities must I provide? <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Is that Jude Law? Uh, Jude Law played um, Watson. Watson, yes. Fantastic film. Oh, God, I could go on forever about that film. Um cool so i guess the last question i want to ask is where you guys are now an hour out from the city through like the woodland paths and stuff 
dead bodies peppered throughout the tree. It was a pretty heavy note to leave it on. What do you think's going through your guys' heads, your characters' heads right now? And what do you think? What do you think's gonna happen? Like, what do you think's gonna be the next option for you guys? Xena is most likely filled with regret. She's gonna wish that she had never gotten out of that carriage and just gotten the fuck out of Dodge after seeing that shit. She gonna be heaven. You look like you were about to cry. It was very full. It was very <laughs> unreal. A mesh of mental breakdown. <laughs> you look like you were about to cry, and I was like, I've "Oh my seen god!" Death. I squashed a fly once. <laughs> That's the little Lucy. <laughs> Damn. Um. Anyway, then she was like, <laughs> I think um. Peter's coming to the realization of how bad it is, and although he's like um, this agent of the the embrace, this like um, emissary for the empire, he's still a Templar in teachings and and upbringing. So I think he feels a overwhelming, like just a gut feeling to he needs to right this wrong, like. No yeah. human, even if they're a bandit or a pirate, like you were saying, uh, deserves to be like lynched and used as like a, a, a target a, practice. Target practice. I was gonna say a, a hedgehog for arrows. <laughs> a hedgehog for arrows. <laughs> An um, arrow holder. An arrow holder. Um, I was Shall I thinking, bring the arrow cushion, sir? <laughs> I was more thinking like what you see, like an old lady seamstress wearing where she's got like that a pin list. cushion. Yeah, cushion. <laughs> a pin cushion. <laughs> I was thinking of a pincushion. Got a hedgehog for arrows on my freaking dove. <laughs> it's a hedgehog. It's an analogy. A hedgehog that you wear on your wrist. <laughs> it's like a reverse hedgehog, you know? Um, but yes. A pincushion. <laughs> um, yeah, so no one deserves to be made a pincushion, so I feel like he has a an overwhelming feeling to, to right a wrong. And I feel like he's kind of, like, he feels like he's bitten off more than he can chew. Like, I, I think, I don't know if Peter can separate, like, um, his work life and his personal life. Like, I don't think, mm. I think, I think that he thought it would be a lot easier for him to go into, like, a like a, a, a war-torn place or a place where there's like a breakdown in communication between like the people and the, the leadership and or a place where there's bad stuff happening and be able to just be like, yep, have a chat about it, duly noted, back off to town um, or back off to the embrace to debrief. I think he's feeling a, a weird sense of, of, of like, um, like he has to be... Duty. Yeah, a sense of duty. He has to be that hero he has to be he has to help mm. I think that raises a good question because you mentioned it in the episode I believe where it's like before anything Peter's a fighting he's a fighting mm. lad what's are there any thoughts going through his head about like like I guess the differentiation between I may have to fight someone or a lot of someone's or I'm going to fight somebody you know what I mean? Like, has he hit that point where it's like his emotions are getting better and he's like, I'm going to go in and like fucking murder some dudes? I don't think it's at that point yet. I think he's with the with the 
the showing of the bodies, I think he's now realizing, like he's having that inner battle where he has to kind of throw away. He's thinking about like the, the weighing up the options between throwing away everything that he's worked towards getting into the academy and everything that he was raised knowing, which is like right from wrong, and whether he has to or he he should let it go or whether hurting somebody is is the way to go so i think at the moment he doesn't really know i think it's going to be like a um play it by ear depending on what he sees or what he experiences from this point forward i like that (sighs) is there like like there was a lot of laughs there was a lot of laughs and like Mm. there was some good humor and jokes and stuff in there but it definitely seems like it's that mix between like well, well, I think we were talking about it off mic. It's like, or possibly on mic. It's like two young adults being forced into like a uh, older person's political world mm-hmm. because you guys want to be the best at what you can do, and being forced to that thing, like watching that unravel, and like you're using humor to, to like mask these things. It's like it was really fun to watch. Like as a DM writing it and watching it on the outset, I was like. You guys are having fun, but like when it was serious, it was serious, and that's I I really like I personally enjoyed that. And I think I think this will be a good breakaway doing something that's like more tight knit between us three to like separate from the main campaign because the main campaign there's like some heavy differences in characters at play there, and like I love that. But I think this is going to be something that people will enjoy as well, which would be great. Um, yeah, I think we're good. Did you guys have any questions? Is there any questions that you have that you want to ask? I'm all wanted to say that. Like, it's, um... Tonight was definitely... Like, it was a lot of fun in a different way than regularly playing D&D. Because regularly playing D&D, it's like... It's like what we were talking about at the end of the episode, where it's like... Yeah. Yeah, I'm this badass adventurer. Yeah, let's go. You go in this party. You go. Oh, there's a there's a there's a, uh, a family of goblins like you know crossing a path. Let's beat them up and steal goblins. their stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like we want to. I want to lynch this goblin and you know I want to make his family watch. Um, to Jesus, who hurt you? A goblin, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, to this, which is kind of like at start, I was thinking of it like a. Like playing a choose your own adventure game, and I'm like, wait, that's what D and D is. Buddy you know? <laughs> um, but I'm. Th- I, I, it, it makes me think more about um, the the RPing side of things, which I like. It's it's like, it's, yeah, it's it's, mm. it's like playing a novel <laughs> rather than playing a game. You know, yeah. um, instead of mean. just being able to just, you can solve any situation with just go in and beat everyone up. Like, yeah. if that was the misfits in that situation, we would have beat up the king, um, beat up the advisor, overthrew the nation, and just, like, did whatever Become we Become cruel dictators. Yes, but me and Sky or um, Peter and, and Xena, have to go in, use their wits, we have to piece together, a, like, a mystery, essentially, and figure out a way to do this without destroying, like, a treaty between an empire and a, and a city and, and not disturb these trade routes and where... Where um yeah. the face of this um mm. of this of this organization, it's it's what I'm getting at is that it's a fun way to play this game. That's a twist on it, which you know it's, it's fun. Which is well, oh, I'm yeah. glad I'm glad to hear it because like 
I, you know, when I, when I put in the original group chat, I was like, hey, this is my idea. This is what I want to do, right? It's going to be like, yes, there will be combat. Of course, it's going to be combat. There's always combat. It's high fantasy. But like, to be like, what would happen if I took two, like, basically, for lack of a better term, like, child soldiers, like, teenagers, mm-hmm. like, going to young adults, that were, like, they were really good adventurers. And now it's like, hey, you're going to have to learn how to be a politician as well so you can do the best of both. And then thrust you into a thing where it's like you can't cast a spell to get yourself out of everything. Or yeah. like Peter can't just swing his hammer and get himself out of everything. It's like I have to, you have to think. And I think that's going to be something that we expand on a lot that I think would be really fun. Yeah, well, that was like... Even, like, even just doing the one spell that I, like... Detect magic, yeah. Yeah, even just doing that, I was sweating doing that. I was all like, like, we've gone the entire session without really utilising any of our actual, like, actions that we'd use in a combat basis. Mm. And I really thought that I'd put my foot in it for a hot second. And then, thanks to Peter's interjection... It ended up going as, <laughs> as cross as we Billy. <laughs> cross <laughs> Billy. Maybe just a farm boy. Okay, this is this is one before we before we I guess get towards the end of this. This is a question I'm going to ask. You don't have to answer it, but are you going to share what I messaged you that happened when? Oh. Do you want to share that now? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, let's let's do it. See, this is this is how people get the the goss when they listen to the extra episodes. Don't worry, guys. I'm right alongside of you. I don't know what's happening here either. <laughs> so essentially, in the episode where you um, thought out loud, what was it? Um, you see, you smell like what was it? Dusty old farts or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dusty old ass. Dusty ass. Yeah. Yeah, and um, because I I. Zena knew that he was doing that mind read again and basically what she'd noticed was Cody messaged me you notice him flinch for a moment stop walking and then continue with a near inaudible groan <laughs> oh, I love that's when she knew that's when she knew I sure that, I think that's an admission of guilt of having a smelly ass. <laughs> that looks like something a smelly ass ever would do. No one wipes that well back in the in fantasy days. High fantasy. How do you wipe? What's wiping? You don't wipe your ass? No, we just use magic to make it go away. Where does it go? Somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it's a pocket dimension. I feel like there's, I, I like to think that sometimes there's I've like, there's wizards that do that. And yeah, it's like, and like in like the, 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 the in between, between the material and the immaterial, there's just floating shit. On that topic, and kind of what Sky was talking about, which is like, it goes to another man's asshole. I had to quickly interject with a story (laughs) about my girlfriend's sister. Her kid was like... Are you sure you want to tell this story online? Baby, these mics are hot. This kid kid was like... um, He was young. He was like three or four. And he's like... Mommy, like... He was like, how do I poo? Like, why why would my poo come out? Or where does it come from? And then the mom and the dad, my girlfriend's sister and husband, said... There's a man. <laughs> There's no. a man in your bum no. who opens a trap door. <laughs> and that's You're where the cute. poo comes from. No. And then for the, next, for the next like few months, 
whenever he was really like, struggling to get one out, he'd be like, the man won't open the door. And I was like, they're lucky they're not going to jail because he was at school one day being like, there's a man in my bottom who opens the door. And I'm like, what the hell? You're, you're not kidding. Like, that's a real oh, thing. Okay, that's, a real, that's a real story about this child thinking a man opens a trap door in his bum so he can poop. Oh my fucking god. That's uh, that's there sounds, you have it folks. That sounds breaking like... news hot off the presses, steam and not off the presses. Steam and not turd. <laughs> oh no. It just remind it just makes me think of Wu Tang clan, goddamn. Dig it, oh. put a hanger on the stove, take it off, stick it in the air, slow light. Okay, well, I think that's going to be a... What's next on the agenda? <laughs> I, think, I think the agenda... I got is... a shit story to do. Okay. I think that's a wonderful place to cap that up. Dookie stories <laughs> here? <laughs> Uncle Joey! You kids want to hear a dookie story? Uncle Coco. Anyway. Joe Rogan. Um... I think that'll be that'll be a good way to cap that off. So, um, thank you very much for listening. We really hope you guys enjoy... Um, the episode Marco's flexing goddamn. Um, yeah holy trinity as per usual follow um, at reckless creatures at underscore dive the beholder underscore at Michael Gelfi music um, yep three brands that we love Michael Gelfi he has wonderful sound effects for the TTRPG games at Metallic so, Thunder Podcasts thank you at Metallic Thunder Podcasts the production group that um we run this little podcasting studio out of um, new studio space will hopefully be finalised in a couple of weeks so that'll be nice to have a concrete set up instead of making do with what we've got um, anything else you guys like to plug before we go no that's going to be um, us plug of Dice and Magic of Dice and Magic of course obviously it's on our feed follow us we're the best um, but yes um, mini season The Embrace uh, we'll be continuing to go up when we can fit it into the feed. Hopefully it'll be regular and we'll get back to the adventures of Peter and Zena very soon. That's going to be Marco, Cody and Sky signing off. You guys have a lovely day. Bye now. See ya. Ciao.